0: If you listened to my last podcast and you're still here listening to this one, thank you. I'm glad I haven't annoyed you too much. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Amber, and I like to talk about theology and Christian living and anything and everything as it relates to how we live our lives as followers of Jesus. This is the second episode of the Right and Almost Right podcast. We're going to discuss the biblical perspective behind a lot of issues that have been coming to the surface in our lives and our world in the last year, two years, ten years, recently. Recent history. So I hope you're all having a good week. I just wanted to start off with a word of encouragement. This last week and a half to two weeks has been super rough for me personally, and I needed to take some time to reset partway through the week, so I turned to Isaiah. There's one verse in Isaiah in particular that I memorized back in 2018 when I was pregnant with my son and every time I would go in to get blood drawn because I am absolutely terrified of needles. So when I would go in to get my blood drawn, I would recite this verse in my mind and while it didn't make all of the anxious feelings go away, it calmed my mind and helped me to focus on things that really matter and to be able to get through all of the anxiety that goes with needles. So the verse is in isaiah 26 3 it says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you so when we focus on the lord we learn to trust him more and that trust leads to perfect peace knowing that he's going to take care of everything that we need and i know it's a struggle to remember and i there's a reason why i recite this verse often Because I need to keep reminding myself I can trust the Lord and that he is offering peace to those who need it if they are willing to trust him. And it takes a lot of practice to trust, but it's definitely worth it. So before we jump into today's topic, I just wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping because this is officially the second episode of my podcast. So we're now officially on Spotify, which is super cool. So you can go subscribe to the podcast there. It's good to start small, but it's pretty cool to be like, I have a podcast on Spotify. So yeah, you can subscribe to the podcast there, but you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. And I plan to upload the YouTube version of the podcast the day after it airs on Spotify. So, if you prefer that option, you can subscribe there and you'll get, you know, the notification whenever my videos go live. I also have a mailing list that you can sign up for on my website, ambercolleenfisher.com. For the mailing list, I am working on a monthly newsletter that will hopefully go live in January, and you'll also get notifications whenever a blog post or a podcast goes live, so you can stay up to date with all of the things there. Alright, so let's dive into today's topic one of the fun things that i like about being a human living in the fallen world is that we often find ourselves with personality traits that are like contradictory or confusing and one of my greatest comforts is that god understands our hearts and he knows us even better than we know ourselves he created us with all of our personality quirks and he knows how those personality quirks would interact with our sin nature And how those personality quirks would benefit the kingdom of God when we're saved and freed from the bonds of sin, which is super cool. So for me, my biggest personality contradiction is this. I don't care what people think about me. I'm generally pretty bold and courageous about my beliefs, and I won't be swayed if I strongly believe something. But I struggle with anxiety, particularly like social anxiety like crazy so i don't usually let other people sway my thinking and i'm pretty good at taking differing viewpoints into consideration without like blindly believing everything i'm told and then when i do believe something i don't back down from my position easily because i've worked through it and i've studied and i've researched and i know that i know that i know but i also tend to overthink everything like everything i say i question my communication every single time i have a conversation with someone I'm not super familiar with and I'm constantly worrying that like maybe I've offended someone or I made them feel bad because I have such strong opinions and views. It's one reason why starting a podcast is simultaneously super exciting and absolutely terrifying. So while I can pinpoint my anxiety back to certain aspects of my mental health and I understand that it's something I need to work through carefully, I also know that at its core, allowing myself to feel anxious is me giving into fear. So here's the thing about fear. It can trick you into thinking it's a perfectly rational and necessary thing. Anxiety is your body's way of alerting you to danger so that you can protect yourself and others. So for me... My anxiety took on a new form when Milo was born. Like, postpartum anxiety is absolutely intense. And this is because it's no longer about protecting just myself, it's about protecting my child, and that anxiety makes me even more bold in standing up for myself and my kid. So it's like this cycle of courage and fear going around and around and around. There are so many things that have caused righteous indignation in my heart in this past year. In regards to my son, and how we've had to live our lives that would not have bothered me before he was born. But even then, while some of my reactions may be perfectly valid and the cause is something worth fighting for, the anxiety itself is still not good. It's not good for me, and it's not good for those around me. Jesus tells us very clearly in Matthew chapter 6 not to be anxious about anything. And just in case we didn't understand what he meant by that, he spells it out for us. Do not be anxious about what you'll eat, what you'll wear, because your Father in Heaven provides all that you need, just like he does for the flowers and the birds. This covers pretty much everything. He knows exactly what you need, and he'll provide. In my case, I should definitely be prepared and ready to stand up and advocate for my son. I should definitely be bold and courageous in doing whatever I can to keep him safe and happy and well taken care of but I should not allow that feeling of anxiety to creep in and guide me because Jesus tells me he's taking care of it. The anxiety leads to me trying to control the situation and maybe putting my foot in my mouth where I should have been calmer or more reasonable. The mama bear instinct does not stop to ask questions or see another perspective. The mama bear instinct destroys like everything in its path and that's not how Jesus wants us to respond to things. I, my mind always goes back to the verse that says, "'A gentle answer turns away wrath.' so it doesn't matter what the situation is our responses should always be thought through and not just a reaction based on our emotions so i know i'm not alone in saying that my anxiety has been like hardcore this year there's a lot going on in the world that can be scary and there's a lot of unknowns and on top of drastic changes to all of our lifestyles this year There's still all of the personal stuff that hasn't changed. We still have issues with family members and bills that need to be paid and houses that need to be cleaned. And I have a one-year-old who needs to be fed three times a day plus snacks and provided enough adequate entertainment so that he's not screaming at me angrily all day long. But if you stop and look at it, there's been something different about this year. Every time you look at the news, it's like there's another thing to be afraid of. There's always like the new COVID numbers that seem weird. There's always a new incident with the police or activists that seems like something out of a dystopian novel like The Hunger Games and like who the heck even knows what's happening with the election anymore. There's just a lot of confusion and a lot of division and just insanity that seems to be happening. And ultimately the message has been the same since March pretty much and that message is here's something you should worry about. And if you're not worried, you're not paying attention. I am convinced that this message is not inherently man-made. This is not what the news wants to tell you. This is not what the government wants to tell you. This is not what, you know, so-and-so wants you to believe. I think that this message comes from the devil himself. And I believe that every time someone promotes something that incites fear or causes you to worry, it's coming from Satan. There's a spirit of fear at work in our world right now, and it's invading every aspect of our lives, including our churches. The spirit of fear is holding our nation hostage right now. It's causing us to fear not only the situations we find ourselves in, but also everyone around us. So when I was a kid, there's this movie called Bubble Boy, and I don't remember the entire movie. It's been years since I've seen it, but this kid, what I do remember about it is this kid was so allergic to things that his mom got him like a giant plastic bubble to wear so he could actually go outside. And the sad thing is in 2020, this isn't too far from reality. We're trying to like isolate ourselves from all possible danger. I saw an ad the other day for this device that it's like a helmet that you put on with a backpack that has oxygen in it so that you can breathe oxygen from an oxygen tank in a helmet so that you don't have to interact with the outside world and like natural oxygen so that you don't get exposed to the viruses and pathogens that are floating around in the air. And like things like that, we would have made fun of that like 10 years ago because we would have said that they're being paranoid. But this year, all of that goes out the window and all of a sudden it seems like wisdom to try to isolate yourself. And this is what I keep coming back to is the world is telling us that to act out of fear is actually wisdom. I can't remember the last time someone was nice to me at the grocery store. I can't remember the last time it was seen as socially acceptable to say hello to a stranger on the street. Social norms are completely out the window because it's now seen as wisdom to avoid your fellow human beings and stay at home. I've heard people use the phrase out of an abundance of caution often this year. This phrase may be applicable if you have a severe illness or if you're at risk or if you're elderly. But for many of us, I think it's simply another excuse to act out of fear or to not act as the case may be. When you act out of an abundance of caution, caution can become the most important thing rather than the work God gave us to do. And if you are a believer in Christ, this is a huge problem. Fear is not from the Lord. In fact, it's one of the most discussed topics in scripture. We are commanded not to be fearful. A command from God comes with the means to obey it through his spirit. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and a sound mind. We've been given a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. We have the ability to conquer our fear, to act in love and power, and to not lose our minds over everything going on around us. Satan wants you to remain trapped in that fear. He wants you to give up and hide out in your house and do nothing. Satan wants to keep you isolated and afraid, because if you're isolated and afraid, you're ineffective for the kingdom. The church cannot be the hands and feet of Jesus if we are not in community with those who need us. This may take on many different forms. I'm not opposed to certain precautions done in the right attitude if you feel led by the Spirit of God to use those precautions. But the reality is, the Bible does not have an emergency exception. God knew this was going to exist, and God knew we would have to figure out how to serve others in the midst of it and he didn't give us any emergency-specific instructions. Our instructions in Scripture are the same that they've always been. We're ambassadors for Christ. We are to be his hands and feet to the world. We are to serve others selflessly, and we are to make disciples of all nations. We are not to forsake gathering together. We are to worship our God and obey him in all things. And aside from the instructions, we also have descriptions in Scripture of how God created human beings to function. He created us to function in community, in person, with one another, to bear one another's burdens together and not to be isolated and alone. So I think there are many reasons why the church has been afraid to step out and speak up in the past 9 months. I've been reading in 1st Samuel past couple of weeks and I found an interesting story that illuminated some of it to me. So the people of Israel demanded a human king to rule over them instead of God. So God had given them a provision in the law where they could choose a king if they wanted, and they used this provision really quickly after they gained control of the promised land. They chose a fallible man to lead them when they could have been led by the glory and power of God, and he wasn't really pleased with their choice. From what I saw in my reading, they did this for two reasons. One, They were afraid of the other nations and they wanted to have someone in charge responsible for fighting those nations. And two, all of the other nations had kings and they wanted to look like the other nations. How often do we let these fears guide our own decision making and guide our ministry and our service rather than listening to the Lord? We fear retribution from others and we desire to keep ourselves safe. And we fear standing out and looking different from those around us. In this day and age, it is so easy to get canceled for not following along with what others are saying. People say that it's unloving or that it's not accepting to stand for what God wants rather than what society sees as acceptable. Don't let your fear separate you from being led by the Lord. He's a personal God. He speaks to us through his word and his spirit. And if we see God as our king, we will obey and we will follow without fear. We were never promised that it was gonna be easy, We were never promised that we were going to be safe and healthy in this life. We were never promised temporal security in this life, but we have something so much better. We have eternal security and reconciliation with God. And that is what the church needs to offer to those who are desperate for it right now. When Psalm 91 speaks of the safety of those who trust in him, it doesn't necessarily mean tangible safety, but we have been promised ultimate safety under God's wings through the saving power of Christ. We have been fully equipped for every good work. Now is the time to walk in those works, to show the world what a fearless life in Christ looks like. When the world reacts with fear, the church needs to be the first to step into the gap and share the gospel of Christ with those who are isolated, who are hurting, who are terrified and struggling. We need to go to those who need us, not to isolate ourselves away from them. Jesus mingled with those who would have been considered unclean. He ministered to lepers and sick people. He went where there was need and there is so much need in our world today. The world does not have a message of hope. The world has a message of maybes maybe the mask will work maybe the lockdown will work maybe the vaccine will work on governor gavin newsom's instagram account this last week he posted a few stories about the vaccine coming out on one particular post he wrote hope has arrived the only hope that they have is placed in fallible scientists and doctors who are honestly playing a huge guessing game at this point There's still so much controversy over this vaccine, and they're saying hope has arrived. Hope is not found in medicine. Hope is found in Jesus Christ alone. We have eternal hope. We have freedom from this fear. We have the weapons to fight the spirit of fear in our world. And if we don't stand up and fight, who will? That's all I have for this week. Thanks for sticking around with me so far. I'm so glad that you took the time to listen to my podcast and I hope that you'll stick around for more in the future. I don't currently have a posting schedule, but I post whenever I have a message that I feel is important to get out to the world. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can check out my website at ambercolleenfisher.com. You can sign up for our mailing list. Uh, Remember to follow us on Spotify and YouTube. You can also follow me on Instagram at ambercolleenfisher.